This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. I believe there are attempts to make it more bipartisan and get a little bit of a way in from everybody at this juncture. The Iowa General Assembly has been meeting for more than a month. And yet they still have not paid providers for the claims that they have submitted. So, I, you know, my concern is providers are going to have to eat that money. And pet projects and ideas are coming to the surface before a funnel deadline. That doesn't mean we agree on every line item with the governor, but we think that she really gave us a good roadmap. An update on the Iowa General Assembly 2019, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. The Iowa General Assembly has been in session for 2019 for five weeks. That means we're two weeks away from the first important funnel deadline. Iowa Watch Connection affiliates talk on a regular basis with lawmakers representing their regions, and they shared some of that material with us for this program. Mark Smith is a Democrat member of the Iowa House, representing District 71 from Marshalltown, and he talked with Iowa Watch Connection affiliate KFJB about mental health legislation. There uh, is a lot of talk that this year there will be changes in the children's program uh, so that we have more early detection of mental health conditions. Probably this week or next week, uh, I've been working on a comprehensive children's mental health bill that all the members of my caucus will be signing on to. And actually, a good deal of it started here in Marshalltown. I piloted mental health services in our schools here in Marshalltown in 1991. And uh, we've always felt that it works best if children are treated in the school district um, they already are there, so uh, parents don't have to take them out of school. Uh, they're already used to receiving services there, and services can be coordinated with their uh, um, educators as well. And an issue closely related to mental health, Medicaid privatization. Lisa Heddens is a Democrat representing Iowa House District 46 from Ames. She talked with Iowa Watch Connection affiliate KASI about the topic. There are some things within the system that is functioning, um, but there's a lot that is not. The issue is people are still not getting the level of services that they had been receiving. You still have providers that are not either not getting paid or not getting paid correctly, um, which is a huge issue. Um, we had, uh, you know, one managed care company, AmeriHealth, that has left the state. They, they pulled out from uh, providing services um, for the losses that they were taking, um, and yet they still have not paid providers for the claims that they have submitted. So, I, you know, my concern is providers are going to have to eat that money. You know, that's not a good business model for them, and it uh, certainly makes it hard for them to um, meet all their requirements, pay their staff, um, you know, provide the service when they know they're not getting for some agencies, it's $800,000. For some, it's a smaller, you know, $50,000, $60,000. But regardless, that is a large chunk of money uh, for any provider to not get reimbursed for. Um, so there are several significant issues that are still problematic. It was recently announced that a settlement of more than $4 million was reached with two women who had made sexual harassment claims against the now-fired director of the Iowa Finance Authority Agency. 
Republican State Senator Chris Cornoyer represents District 49 from LeClaire. She told Iowa Watch Connection affiliate KROS she believes efforts are being made to find a way for the state to recover the money paid out from the individual who caused the harassment. Because I absolutely do not think that the taxpayers should be on the hook uh, for paying a lawsuit based on the bad behavior of an individual who should have known better. Senator Cornoyer says the issue is being taken seriously and all members have had sexual harassment training, leading to a zero-tolerance policy. I don't know what the environment was before, but I can tell you the environment right now is uh, that I'm experiencing is, is very professional, and whenever this topic comes up, it's being taken very seriously. So I think moving forward, um, there is an environment where it's a professional environment, and everybody from pages to lobbyists to legislators and staff and everyone in between um, are expected to act in a professional manner when they are at the Capitol. Republican Representative Norlin Momsen is from DeWitt, representing House District 97. He told Iowa Watch Connection affiliate KROS he has a mixed reaction to the state paying the settlement. My initial reaction is, yes, you know, that, that person should be responsible. And then you get to talking to people and they go, well, you know, if it's in if it's an industry and, and we're out here in a business, the... The industry or the company is responsible for it, its employees, and that where you know that's why they go there. And if there's a problem, it's the company that should be taking care of it, eliminating the issue. So, I'm torn on that one, to be real honest. Um, I think there should be some consequences for that person. You should you should be held responsible for your actions. And Representative Momsen agreed. The atmosphere has changed on Capitol Hill. They talked about issues. What was acceptable where where you know hey you know this 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 is an area you know over the line basically so the, i believe the culture has really changed we're much more informed um what one person might consider just a a joke is an insult to another person we have to be very concerned or uh, concerned about the other person and i think the culture has changed i know in the house it has Earlier this week, Governor Kim Reynolds signed an education funding bill. Representative Lisa Heddens is a Democrat representing House District 46 from Ames. She talked with Iowa Watch Connection affiliate KASI about the topic. We were certainly listening to, um, you know, school board members, school principals and superintendents, and um, they'll say 2.06 is better than zero or one percent that we've gotten in the past, but it doesn't meet our needs. Um, we're still not staying with, you know, cost of living to just keep, you know, everything that keeps going up, uh, what we need to to do to sustain our programs and just sustain um, what goes on in our building. Um, they really needed more of a four percent. We were willing to say, okay, let's come to some sort of consensus and look at three percent. We can't get to four, but let's at least get to three percent. Um, we couldn't even get there. Um, and so uh, it passed both the House and Senate um, at the point or the 2.06 amount. Funding for the State Board of Regents, always a concern. State Senator Herman Kornbach is a Democrat from Ames representing Senate District 23. He's also a member of the Iowa State University faculty. 
I'm worried about the debt level that a lot of students are taking on. Um, these days, a kid's got to get as much education as they're capable of. Uh, it is really the key to economic success, to job security. So many other things are correlated with educational achievement and attainment. Uh, some of it is, is skills and a trade level, uh, a community college. Some of it's four-year degree. Uh, we just have to keep those doors open, wide open and affordable. Senator Kornbach spoke with Iowa Watch Connection affiliate KASI. Alterations to the judicial appointment process top on the minds of many in this session. John Jacobson is a Republican representing House District 22 from Trainer. It's been kind of an evolving process. Of course, the Iowa State Bar Association very much wants to retain, uh, you know, a right at the table to have their members weigh in on evaluating the prospective candidates for the judgeships. Uh, of course, on the other hand, you have folks that think that within the bar is highly politicized since the bar association itself tends to be in, in, in some respects close to 90 percent democratic. I think what we're, we're looking at right now in terms of a solution is we're arcing toward a bit of a compromise. On Wednesday night, uh, Chairman Holt accepted an amendment from Representative Height, which would leave the system that we've got in the status quo currently intact for the district court judges, which would include the bar heavily in those choices and would have a different paradigm set up of different uh, people choosing the committee for, like, the Supreme Court, which would be heavily weighted with governor and legislative appointments to that judicial nominating committee. Uh, Jim Carney, I believe, who represents the Iowa bar in the legislature, said it was a, an improvement and a step in the right direction. I still think it's fluid. I think we're going to get a judicial nomination reform bill through. I believe there are attempts to make it somewhat more bipartisan and get a little bit of a way in from everybody at this juncture, but to depoliticize it both at the bar level and at the uh, executive, legislative, and judicial branch levels with respect to who gets to submit nominations. And the key issue every session, the state budget. Earlier this week, Iowa Republicans released their proposed state budget. Pat Grassley chairs the committee that handles such matters. He's a Republican representing House District 50 from New Hartford. Quite obviously, not starting the session off with the deappropriation, I think, sets a different tone. Uh, just in the budget conversation, the governor released her budget. Uh, spending 97.3% of ongoing revenue. And so the House felt that the governor laid out a lot of priorities that we also shared with her. And that's why the number that we released was a little higher than hers, because we had a few priorities beyond that. Um, and that doesn't mean we agree on every line item with the governor uh, by any means, but we think that she really gave us a good roadmap to fund schools, fund other priorities, and still uh, leave ourselves a healthy ending balance having a conservative approach to the budget that only spends 97.4 is what our proposal was. Without being flip about it, why are we more flush this year as opposed to the recent past? Well, actually, I think, so you're seeing just, just natural revenue growth. Number one, that'd be part of it. Also, the revenue estimates have been holding up. You know, that's been what really was catching on to us. It wasn't even, even if you have growth, if, you're, if your revenue estimate, and I think I probably talked about this on here many times, but if your revenue estimate is significantly off, you can still have growth and have to adjust your budget. And so between that, plus some of the decisions that we've made as a legislature, we uh, we had to borrow some money from the cash reserves. We repaid that all in, 
uh, we repay all, all that in FY19 instead of spreading that out over several years and having that impact on the budget now years. So I would say between a fairly steady revenue estimate, knock on wood, come March 15th, um, <laughs> between March 15th revenue estimate, some of the decisions we've made as a legislature, um, and we do have some just natural revenue growth. Representatives Jacobson and Grassley spoke with me for Iowa Watch Connection affiliate KXEL. Beth Wessel-Crochelle is a Democrat who represents House District 45 from Ames and spoke recently with Iowa Watch Connection affiliate KASI. I think the three absolute top priorities would be funding for our K-12 system and then our um, higher education, both community colleges and the regions. Um, our top priorities for my constituency and need to be a top priority for us in the legislature. Um, doing something to make sure that everybody has health insurance in this state and that it works appropriately for them. Um, with privatized Medicaid, we are seeing a lot of struggles for some of our most vulnerable citizens. And so that has become a huge concern over the last two years. And then the mental health system. Um, we made a little tweak last year um, to um, the adult system, which are, those tweaks are being implemented now, um, giving some more flexibility to the regions in, in several different areas. And I think that's going to help. Um, certainly we need to continue to work in that area, particularly in workforce development. And we do not in this state have a children's mental health system, and that absolutely needs to be addressed this legislative session. When we come back, we'll speak with a longtime legislative watcher, legislative reporter James Lynch of the Gazette, about how the session is going. That's next when the Iowa Watch Connection continues. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. James Lynch covers the legislature and politics for the Gazette based in Cedar Rapids. He spoke to me from the Capitol in Des Moines this past Thursday afternoon. The speed at which Republicans who have the majority in both the House and the Senate are moving on some of their priorities, um, I guess after what we've seen in the past couple of years, we shouldn't be surprised. But um, for example, uh, revamping the judicial nominating process, uh, they're moving very quickly. Um, both of the House and, House and Senate bills will be eligible for floor debate next week. The, the other thing that was different this year, I guess, is um, on the school funding uh, legislation. Uh, Republicans proposed a 2% increase, and uh, although Democrats didn't think that was enough. The, the fight wasn't as vocal or as long as it has been in past years. Um, a lot of legislators, including uh, some Democrats, uh, said that when they talked to superintendents and school board members back home, they were happy with 2%. They, they were worried that it was going to be less than 2%. So uh, that moved pretty quickly. It was just different than past years. 
I wonder if that was a matter of not only were they somewhat surprised that it was as robust as it was, but they figured if we make this a big fight, there could be a boomerang effect, and, and the bird in the hand is a much better thing to play given the numbers in terms of Republican versus Democrats in each chamber. Yeah, it, it could be that. Uh, I mean, you know, Democratic leaders have said they want to pick their fights, and they might have thought, well, yeah, 2% is better than what we expected. There were also some other sort of tweaks in the package that they liked, transportation funding um, that the legislature uh, did a year ago. Now they've sort of institutionalized that, so it'll be part of the ongoing funding process. Uh, and, and Democrats, by and large, agreed with that, that they think that transportation funding is important, especially in some of the large rural districts where, um, you know, it's it's a long way between schools and it's a long way between some of the, the students' homes and the schools. So um, that that made it easier for Democrats to accept. You mentioned the attempt to change how judges are selected. That obviously has gotten a lot of attention because of some recent judicial appointments in the process. Is this something that the Republicans are unified on and are going to be able to make its way through the chamber? I think they will get it through the chamber and the governor will sign it. Um, You know, in the House Judiciary Committee yesterday, uh, we saw uh, one Republican vote against it. Uh, He warned his colleagues to be careful what they pray for, that this may look like a good plan as long as there's a Republican in the governor's office, but that might not always be the case. And and then Republicans who are pushing these changes uh, probably won't be as happy as they think they're going to be when when, uh, the legislative leaders and the governor, not the Bar Association, are making the selections for the judicial nominating commissions. That really parrots the national situation with national emergency, where there are some on one side who say this becomes precedent and and be very careful what you wish for, because, again, it, the shoe's going to be on the other foot at some point. Yes, and it's interesting. U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley was visiting the Iowa House, and he was a member of the Iowa House when this judicial nominating process was uh, created, and he voted for it, although... Um, he didn't like everything in the bill, but he said he, he believes that the merit-based process that Iowa uses has served the state well. However, he recalled that when they passed this, when the legislature passed it, they said it should be reviewed in 10 years. And so um, the legislature is about 47 years late by his count uh, on reviewing how the nominating commissions are created or you know, formed and how those people are selected. Uh, so, you know, it, it, there's room for argument on both sides on this issue, um, and uh, I don't think there will be agreement. I don't think there will be unanimous Republican support, but uh, they have enough votes uh, to move it through both chambers and get it to the governor. Were you surprised, firstly, and secondly, were lawmakers surprised when Governor Reynolds announced earlier this week there would not be an appeal of the district court ruling striking down the fetal heartbeat law? Uh, if they were surprised, uh, they hit it well. I think most of them, and probably she had done a lot of reaching out to people, so they weren't surprised um, by her decision. She spoke at a pro-life rally at the Capitol um, and said that it was that she prayed on that decision, and it was one of the hardest decisions she's ever had to make. But 
promised to continue her efforts uh, to promote the pro-life cause. Um, and she got a standing ovation from the people there. So um, I, I think a, a lot of people were disappointed, but I think they understand you know, where she came from on that, that she didn't see a way forward uh, through the court system uh, and that they'll have to look to other ways uh, to, to protect human life. There is an effort in the legislature to um, you know, have a constitutional amendment saying there is no fundamental right to abortion in the Iowa Constitution. Um, and, uh, of course, that process will take a number of years before it gets to the voters and then would require, you know, voters to approve it uh, before it becomes part of the Constitution. But one of the speakers at the rally today said said that would be an end run around the Iowa Supreme Court. And that's the, the direction she's taking in leading the fight for that constitutional amendment. James Lynch covers politics and the state legislature for the Gazette, based in Cedar Rapids. He spoke to me from the Capitol this past Thursday afternoon. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more, iowawatch.org. Follow us on Twitter at Iowa Watch and be sure to use the hashtag IAWatchConnection when commenting about the program. We're on Facebook too, facebook.com slash Iowa Watch. And you can share your thoughts about this program or suggest ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. The program is produced in the studios of News Talk 1540 KXCL, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.